The Cost of Goods Told podcast is made possible by the following sponsors. Duke's Premium Meats Home Delivery is committed to providing you with the best quality meat delivered right to your door. Offering certified Angus beef, grass-fed beef, Wagyu, and many more premium options, nobody beats Duke's Meats. Make sure to check out all that Duke has to offer at dukespremiummeats.com. Chriswell Culinary aims to create a new standard of unique, affordable hot sauces that satisfies the more developed cravings of today. Bernie Brand Texas-style hot sauce is a boldly layered sauce with density and personality to proudly represent Texas. Go to BernieBrand.com to find a retailer near you. That's Bernie, B-O-E-R-N-E, Brand.com. Zero Point Organics grows and supplies microgreens for over 30 major restaurants in the Houston area. Consistently perfect quality in flavor and appearance, their microgreens will be the best you or your customers have ever had every single time. Go to zero, Z-E-R-O-pointorganics.com. Welcome to the Costly Kids Told Podcast. My name is Connor. I'm a chef and media producer. I am also a little under the weather, so uh, I'm going to power through this podcast, but don't mind the sniffles and everything. I'm also joined, as always, by my co-producer, Darren Lafferty. How are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm not under the weather. Yeah, you sound a little bit like Barry White. Barry White? The you white don't look Barry like White. Barry White. I was White. Saying, <laughs> you sound like Barry White. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take yeah. this deep voice. My wife is loving it, right? <laughs> Too much. Yeah. <laughs> We've got some wonderful guests. We've got the duo behind Roostar Vietnamese. Um, y'all, if y'all don't mind just uh, introducing yourselves real quick and uh, letting the listeners uh, you know, hear y'all's voices. Absolutely. Hi, everyone. My name is Linda. I'm here with Ronnie, and we're super excited to kind of bring any valuable lessons, mistakes, <laughs> good, bad of all the experience of opening up a restaurant. <laughs> Hello, everybody. It's Ronnie Nguyen. Uh, owner operator of Roostar Vietnamese Grill. Uh, just here on the podcast. Thanks for the invite, um, Darren Connor. Yeah, happy to be here. Uh, we're here to provide value, so that's the objective. There's an LSU game tonight, so let's get straight to the point. <laughs> we're going to try and cut it short. We know you have another another event to go to, and then yes. you've got the LSU Clemson game to go to you know, watch. So yeah. thank hey. you guys for carving time out, thank and you sitting for with us, us and hanging out. So we appreciate that very much. Seriously, it means a lot to us. Um, why don't y'all uh, just kind of start from you know what what y'all would consider the the roots of everything, and 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 what the kind of first steps were uh, leading up to now two locations. So we started um, kind of just the idea. Ronnie and I have a lot of background in the restaurant. One of my first jobs was in a sushi restaurant that Ronnie recommended me to work as a hostess for the very first time. Okay. Um, but prior to that, I my parents had a grocery store, so I've always been front and centered, always loved people, always loved hospitality, always liked to meet people. So when Ronnie and I kind of met when I was 17, he was 19. Yeah, y'all are sweethearts, right? Yes. So long story short, a lot of people don't know, but Ronnie and I were roommates before we were a couple. Is this exclusive right now? A lot of people don't know. A lot of people don't know. And when I tell them, you know, they're like, what? So we, we started off as just roommates, kind of. Two single roommates. Okay. Um, and, it, you know, two single roommates, things led to another. Um, obviously, as you can see, fast forward now, it's been 15 years. It worked out. Holy cow. It worked out, and it's been very beautiful for us and everything that we've gone through. But, yeah, we kind of just started in the restaurant industry. Both of us were on our own at a very young age. So we were, we were very hungry. We needed. We knew that we didn't want a life that was a failure. Mm. Um, we mm. had a lot of folks kind of look down on us with the path that we chose, kind of being on your own when you're young, um, and just kind of just 
that was like our drive. And the two of us meeting each other in that sense, it just kind of kept us stronger and stronger yeah. and stronger. And so eventually we kind of both, uh, Ronnie enrolled in the Conrad Hilton College. Mm-hmm. Woohoo, go Krugs! <laughs> and so we kind of, he, he was in the hospitality industry. He did the school. He finally graduated in 2012. And it was sort of like, do you want to open up your own restaurant? Do you want to work for somebody? Because now you can get like a good paying manager job. And he kind of just wanted to open a restaurant. Uh, I applied. I applied at Landry's, uh, Papa's. and all I, the big I guess ones. All I, the big ones, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah all, all the big names and trying to get that on uh, my resume. And I think it's just like. I didn't come across as, um, I guess I, I just never, there was no luck in that department or that attempt. So I figured, okay, let's just start a sandwich shop. And if things flop or, you know, if things don't work out well, at least we still can bounce back. We can come back for another uh, try. Mm-hmm. You know, we're only in our 20s. So uh, there, there we went. <laughs> we, 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 we opt for the decision for our startup. And, yeah. you know, that's, that's pretty, that's, but that's pretty ambitious at the age of 20. But but if I think about if, if I listen twenty six twenty six so we yeah. graduated yeah. pretty late like yeah. I graduated three years ago at the Conrad and Ronnie graduated and he was twenty six yeah so at that time the way that we kind of gathered up the support the the money to kind of build this it was obviously whatever we could fork up and the way that we did it is not the way we would recommend but it's sort of like (laughs) when people hear they're like dang y'all must be very desperate but we kind of opened six credit cards. Um, to yeah, right. to yeah. kind of start, yep. Um, at that time, right. I had a full time job with healthcare with benefits. Um, my kind of experience after the restaurant industry was um, an optician. I have about eight years experience doing that. Um, I, I would be the one where I would tell you cover your left eye, cover your right eye, you know, <laughs> yeah. kind of. Um, and so I've been doing that for a while. And when Ronnie wanted to open a restaurant, I kind of just. Typically, the correct way is you still keep your good-paying job just in case you fail, like, you know, but we were all in. I left that job, didn't tell my parents. Yeah, jumped off the cliff. You know, being a female, um, family of five girls, my parents were pretty, really sad. Yeah. The fact that not only did she leave home at a young age, she also quit this job, and now, my gosh, you know, like, all in. and. Yeah. Like I said, Ronnie and I, we kind of only had each other, yeah. so I had I couldn't leave him high to dry, and that's kind of still the dynamics of our relationship. Mm-hmm. No matter what we disagree with, we still support each other, whether we don't like it or not. Yeah. And we, I guess, very lucky, I would say pure luck that we actually prevailed after all that. Now, Linda, I know you worked in, in restaurants, you worked in your sandwich shop, your yes. family shop. Ronnie, yes. did, you work at, did you have any restaurant experience? I, uh, outside of the degree from from Conrad, I, I do. Okay. I've worked at a few uh, local places. I think PF Chang's for a little bit there, okay. and right. um, J Alexander's. Yeah. Uh, so a, a little bit of corporate training and just local training. My, my, of course, the first restaurant I've worked at was back in New Orleans. My my uncle had a restaurant over there, so hmm. I started out. I think fifteen or fourteen, helping him. All right. So business. you've been getting so, your feet wet for a long time. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't yeah. just a, well. I, what I was thinking was because you didn't mention that, so I was thinking, okay, you got your degree from Conrad Hotel Management, right? Yes. Hotel Restaurant Management. Yes. And obviously, you did as well. Yes. But I, I thought Ronnie was just like, hey, I'm, man, I'm forget it, forget everybody <laughs> that didn't accept me, Landry's. <laughs> I'm gonna open up my own restaurant. But no, you were already in there. Oh yeah, and yeah. he's he's actually behind most of the recipes that everybody has fallen to really? love. You know, yeah. some things I do, but Ronnie is like kind of. 
from from all the new items that you guys see, it's all Ronnie. It's yeah. not me. I'm just the face. Yeah. <laughs> well, some of this. Yeah, let's be clear. Like, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's really that. the, the fun part. I yeah. think just like we, we, we weren't qualified to do anything. We, we didn't know what we were doing. It's just a lot of it is uh, self, self-education, self self-taught. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, Baptism by fire. Yeah. Yes. Baptism by fire, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, but I think, I think what's yeah. amazing about that story, and I think most of the listeners would think, I would never open up a business unless it was everything was timed perfectly. I had all the answers. Yes. I had a book. But what we hear from most of our guests is, man, it's never, it's never going to be risk-free. And right. it's never going to be yeah. perfect. And it's never, yeah, it sounds like never. you guys were in the same boat, right? Oh, yeah, because a lot of, of people, when you plan so much, sometimes that idea is never going to happen. Right. Sometimes I remember Ronnie and I in a, on the car way home just saying, babe, but we fail, that's it. But it's okay, we're young. Yeah. If we fail, we'll do it again, and it's okay. So we had that conversation of, I mean, it's, it could happen, it may happen, and, but the moment we had all this uh, support in the first few months for just friends, yeah. our, all of our friends were helping us to work, my <laughs> mom and dad came in, and at that time, we couldn't afford like, equipment where it helps you assist this. Everything was done by hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and a lot of my mom and Ronnie's family gave, passed down recipes to us and kind of taught us the best ways how to do this, and we just kind of tweaked it, but luckily, Ronnie's a great cook. So that was very, very good. <laughs> Is that something you've been doing for a long time, like just cooking for fun? or? Yes, cooking for fun and just getting a lot of feedback on you know, how are we doing, what are some of the adjustments we need to make. Sure. Because uh, an idea, I think, is only 10%, and the other 90 it's like adjustment and what are you going to do thereafter. So a lot of adjustment on our part ongoing. Now, do you mind me asking if y'all are first-generation um, here in Houston? Yes. Okay. So my family are the only ones here in the U.S. Okay. All of my mom's siblings, my dad's siblings, still currently live in um, Vietnam. And this past August, I got to meet them for the very first time at 31 years old. Yeah. Wow. It was pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. So my, fam- my, my parents are the only ones that are here. Did okay. they come here or did you go there? Uh, we we went to Vietnam. Them. Yeah, okay. I met them. I met them. But yeah, we're I would say we're first generation. Yeah, okay. To be kind of over here grinding. Yeah, that uh, that uh, is a different third, dynamic. I think third generation would be the third. Well, I'm the third generation. My, my grandparents was here, and then my dad and I was born here. So okay, third generation. So third generation. Okay, it's it's Yours interesting. Is second, I think second. Because your grandparents are still... Oh, yeah, my grandparents. Yeah, so I would be your second. second. You're second generation. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> my wife is first generation. So oh, wow. um, the Chinese by blood, but they came over from um, Vietnam as well. Um, and so my oh, okay. brother-in-law was actually born over there. They came over here and everything. And so it's a, it's a strange dynamic for her at times, too. You know, like her growing up, she became an, a chemical engineer. But, you know, just kind of like with with the style that her parents kind of want things, the pressure that they have, you know, and things like that. It's always kind of been interesting. We had the same conversation with Tony Nguyen, um, or Thomas Nguyen, I'm sorry, um, from Peli Peli, you know, with, with that sort of dynamic. So the restaurant industry isn't the one that, you know, parents are pushing kids towards. Right? No, no, it's for, for us was more like, be a doctor, be yeah. this, be that, you know, the typical, stereotypical, you know, but for my parents, because they immigrated here and same for Ronnie, it was more like, Go to school, do something that you love, yeah. and mm-hmm. stick to it. Don't jump from here, here, here. Sometimes people have all that indecisiveness. Again, you're not going to accomplish or finish what you started. Mm-hmm. So, And sometimes it kind of falls in your lap, and 
you end up being amazing and great at it. You don't know <laughs> unless you try. Right. Yeah. But one thing that Ronnie and I maintain and we always tell our team is whatever you do, be transparent. You don't like it? Okay. Tell us. Do something else. You know, maybe we put you in a different position and mm-hmm. then maybe you shine there. Right. But one thing is you got to be transparent and kind of be open and honest with who you are and what sure. you like and don't like. And gotcha. yeah, everything will just kind of flow. The person who's paying on the outside of that corner. On, on the outside of the counter knows when someone's yes. not happy, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. They either know it through the product or they know it through the service. So it's great that you teach your people, hey, if you're not happy, you got to speak up. Right. You got to let us know. Because maybe yeah. we can put you someplace else or maybe you need to go. One right. or the other, right? Right. But Correct. you have to, I mean, customer service is so big yes. in, this, in the hospitality industry. It is. If they're Especially not getting that along with great food, yeah. absolutely. There's a lot mm-hmm. of finicky people. And now with social media, everybody's a critic. Yes. Everybody <laughs> knows everything about the restaurant industry. It's right. never There's worked a day wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it keeps us yeah. business owners in check, really. If something's yeah. wrong, something's right. off. Somebody that comes three, four times a week and something's off, that little offness, oh, they'll they'll make sure to let yeah. you know. Of course. <laughs> you know? Which is funny that you said it because, you, you know, you pivoted to Bun Me, which to me, you know, um, one of the spots that my wife introduced me to was like Don's Cafe, which oh, yeah. is like no customer service, cash only, <laughs> you know, super fast, you know, super cheap, old you know, school. that sort of like super old school. old school, obviously, you know, dead center of Chinatown, you know, that sort of thing. And so y'all are in different areas of town that I think require almost customer service, require a little bit of tweaking on that end. While if you're deep into Chinatown, I'm used to, you know, the dim sum restaurants where it's like, man, if I get a second glass of water, that was great service, you know, like that sort of thing, you know? So um, how has that pivot been? You know, I mean, one, why did you pivot towards Bun Mi's, which for audience members who don't know is is a very traditional um, sandwich. Um, if you don't mind describing it a little bit, or at least how y'all do y'all's bun me, because I've seen it done a couple different ways. But if y'all don't mind explaining how y'all do that bun me and why you pivoted towards that, that sandwich in particular. Oh, I think anything, just like barbecue, uh, I, I think anything that the consumer can have with their fingers, sure. I guess, finger food, mm. it's always an easy, it's always a good medium to introduce and I think a lot of, um, I guess we're, we're creative people in a way. We, we're, there's a lot of dishes that we're, we're doing that it's like an, our niche, our specialty. And I think, I think when, when we're trying to creatively come with a dish, we want it to be still within comfort. Gotcha. So the manmi, although the ingredients, the baguette, and some of the fillings are different from uh, a, a, a normal or regular sandwich, it's still... Um, very easy to introduce to, mm-hmm. and we always wanted a product that is universally accepted. Right. So you don't have to be, you know, Asians or Hispanic or it's, it's for everybody. Right. Yeah. So um, that's kind of the approach we wanted to. We wanted to take the food and uh, take the Vietnamese cuisine and introduce it to a, a broader uh, audience, a broader mm-hmm. clientele base. And during the time when we kind of decided what concept are we d- going to do, what kind of food are we going to serve, we knew that, I mean, with this day and age, time is, is money, right? People, like, want it now, <laughs> need it now, yeah. in and out, and we thought it's something easy to do. I mean, every block you're at, there's a McDonald's, there's a Burger King, there's fast food, yeah. but the one key thing at that time when we decided to kind of branch out and do it was the healthy side of it too you know and ours was the speed and it being fast but tastes really good something you can eat and not get tired of it or not feel bad and with all of the pickled 
vegetables, all of, you know, balance and acidity and flavors. It was just something that we really knew that people love. And as time progressed, mm -hmm. we kind of just put it out there and people would say, hey, we, we, we prefer if you can. The thing about us is if you come in and you come in a lot and you tell us you don't like something, we would change it. Right. And it still has been like that till yeah. this day after seven, eight years. If people are like, hey, I don't like this. I want you to bring this back. All right, give us some time. We will. But at the same time, the consumers are, all, are the ones that keep us afloat. But we, too, make that decision on what we want to serve, yeah. how we want to serve it. And the main thing is with integrity. We're not going to have something for us. I mean, even till this day, people are like, how do you not serve pho? They come in. They want pho. And <laughs> like, sorry, we mainly do the banh mi's. But yeah. during that time when we first opened, Ronnie eventually decided to do our alphabet suit, which is now has been one of the top things that we sell. Um, but at the end of the day, we're still a bun me shop. We yeah. still like it fast, quick, in and out. So eventually, we just kind of blew this off, the, the, you know, and we went to the TRA event, Texas Restaurant Association yeah. event. And at that time, we're like the small dogs. And, um, <laughs> we met Slow Dough Bread Co., which, shout out to you guys. You guys are the best. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they kind of, the owner, Heath, kind of was drawn to Ronnie and, said that, you know, you remind me of me when I was first starting. And for us, I mean, we're very desperate. We needed a company that can deliver fruit, a bread to us. We no longer could drive to Bel Air and pick it up ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's gotten to the point where it's just not an everyday. It's just not right in terms of if you want to grow 5, 10, 20 stores, there's no way you keep doing that. Right. So Slow Dough, and they have agreed to kind of supply bread for us, and that was like us was the start of just something bigger. Yeah. And it grew and it grew and it grew and that kind of really gave us that confidence of like, I think we have something going <laughs> on. And then it, we transitioned to what's next. Uh, we kind of jumped into catering now that we have a company that will deliver bread to us seven days a week. If you didn't know, the bread delivers seven days a week, fresh. <laughs> and um, yeah, and it just kind of really supported us in the growth that we have so today. So it's amazing how you, you're able to find local partners, one. Yes. And then number two, the the balance that that local partner provided and also the sense of confidence. So as I'm sitting here listening, you're like, hey, man, we were running to Bel Air picking up bread every day, every other day, <laughs> trying to make it work. And when you're a small business owner, you have to, right? right. right. That's why they invented um, Restaurant Depot and all the yes. other places because yes. people can't always afford a drop from a major broad line distributor, right? right? So they go and pick it up. But when you get to the point where you're like, okay, man, right on the cusp of not being able to get out of the store, or we need to get two hours of sleep tonight, so who can come? And it's amazing those partnerships that a lot of people don't understand will often help your trajectory, right, go in the right direction because now you can literally hand over to them right. that responsibility. Right. Yes. It comes with a lot of accountability, right, because I'm yeah. sure if your bread's messed up, you're calling <laughs> Heath and going, hey, right. what's the deal with the bread this week, yeah. right? But at the same time, it frees you to do other things. Can you talk a little bit about when you've grown, right, how that feels? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it still uncomfortable? Does it open up the sky for, for bigger things for you guys, or are you kind of just you're good where you're at? So kind of lucky for us, you know, when Ronnie went to school, he emphasized in restaurant management mm -hmm. and I emphasized in catering management. Okay. I didn't realize once we had 
Slodo on board, we thought, okay, let's dive into, because we were doing like side things like, hey, can you do a wedding for 30 people? And it was like friends of friends or, right. hey, can you guys do some food for a birthday party? And we did it. We tried it out. We're like, okay, maybe it can be something. And Ronnie and I one day kind of just said, let's Ronnie try it. Ronnie was shaking his head, no. <laughs> <laughs> because it was more my department. Like the catering yeah, side yeah. is something that is my passion. It's something that I feel like to bring happiness to a birthday party where there's a five-year-old's party where they're like, sure. I love y'all's egg rolls or I love your bun mees. And, you know, even even now we are, are catering for the bun me, I would say, just skyrocketed. We do every catering every single day, and it's pretty neat because we went from like serving 15 guests to now, you know, our biggest one was last year for the Atascacita High School prom. Oh, cool. Yeah, and that was like 600 students. So oh that was gosh. pretty amazing. Good I mean, things like that, and just to, to kind of feel like we're like the small dogs, and like, you know, and to be able to have people kind of give us that trust, and we actually do it, whether they know the details how we did or not, <laughs> we still did it. And that's, I feel like that's enough for, for me to keep going. Oh, congratulations yeah. for, for, you know, attacking those opportunities and then and being successful. But I, I mean, as I sit and listen, right, and I listen to how humble you are, because I know where you've come from, from what you've told us. But I'm telling you, you guys are written up at, at least the past three or four years by Houston Press. Allison and you've won, Cook. And <laughs> Allison Cook, you've won Bond Me competitions. I mean, you might Cold, think. Culture map. Yeah, culture <laughs> Eric Sandler. Yes. Well, Eric added this. I, I mean, <laughs> you might think that you're the small dog, but I'm telling you, you're on to big, bigger and better things. I mean, you guys are really going to be great. If you, if you can keep up with the pace and demand and opportunities, which are obviously going to come because you're getting the notoriety, you're getting the write-ups. And I think you guys are not going to be the small dog. You're going to be the big dog <laughs> in the big town. Well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we so. feel like it's still only the beginning. Yeah, and I try not to pay attention to that. It's more on quality. It's more on the day-to-day stuff. Yeah. It's more on um, just keeping the culture, doing doing things right. And I think everything else is just the result. It's, right. just, it's not what we're what we want, go after. Yeah. Um, so it's the byproduct I mean, it's, it's of, of yeah. hard so work. Ronnie's yeah. focus, it like, keeps the what, staff happy and yeah. it makes Linda's happy. And, what he and, lives and, and breeds, and we always say the Roostar DNA is building up people, mm-hmm. building up people's confidence, doing things with integrity, serving food that's good, um, not cut, taking shortcuts, charging people this much but getting low quality of this. Yeah, sure. So that's why partnerships with the folks that we are very open and transparent about they're the ones that provide the product and we just make sure that we continue it and serve good food. And I think it resonates with the type of support that we continue to have. And, you know, we, a lot, we didn't mention this too, but I'm sure those of you that are OGs, if y'all remember <laughs> Vietnam Poblano, we started off as Vietnam Poblano. Yeah. yeah, we started off as another name before. That was your first location on Gessner, Yes, right? yes. So, Back in the day when we started Vietnam Poblano, it was Roostar Restaurant Group, and Vietnam Poblano was um, um, an umbrella under it. Um, But I always say the reason why we changed the name, because Ronnie finally listened to me three years later. (laughs) But really, there's a, you know, there's a truth behind it, too. Now he's agreeing. Now Ronnie's saying, yep. Yeah, Yeah, so, I mean, during that transition, people kind of mistook us as, like, a Mexican restaurant, or, um, and it just really wasn't, our vision at I the told time. you, we, we, didn't, we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, startup culture, it's, it's just really messy. Uh, yeah, the yeah, logo that we had then wasn't what we wanted. And fast forward then, we partnered with Revention. They're the ones that um, serve a point of sale system. They also have, we have an app through them as uh-huh. well, and we have web ordering. So we're kind of the 
we're very technologically advanced, I would say, for sure. most concepts like ours. Um, we're not old school. We really follow, follow what's current, what people use, and depending on the type of clientele that we have. So we decided to come out with an app in 2016, and that's when we decided that we were going to rebrand to Roostar Vietnamese Grill. And once we did that, I mean, in the beginning, it's pretty tough because when you build a brand for the past three years and then you go and you change it and it's like done really fast, we, it was scary, but we (laughs) we kind of was like, we got to do it. And so at that time, I think when we we rebranded. Right. And I think a brand is not what it's called or what it's looked like. I think it's how you define it that's more important. Gotcha. The the ongoing process. Uh, I think... A lot of my friends, my startup friends, are like, oh, how, what do you think about my logo? What do you think about the DBA of a business? And, yes, that's important, too. But I think the process of bringing that brand or that, that injecting cultures and emotion yeah. into the, the brand or the name, it's, it's more important than the name itself. You can have a great logo or a great brand, but <laughs> if you don't sort of um, – put into it day in and day out, then that brand is really just... Nothing. Yeah. yeah. Just so, so do you think that well. first name just didn't translate well with your customer base? No, I think it's... Vietnam, I knew Vietnam Pavana was not something that would be forever. I'll tell you that. I didn't really fancy it. It was just that we're in the Spring Branch. Uh, yeah. we, we thought it would be a cool, fun name for that area. Yep. People can kind of connect to, because everywhere we're in Spring Branch, you see a nice taqueria somewhere. That's right. So, I mean, we thought, okay, let's kind of slither that in and see what kind of clientele. And it, it worked, and it didn't have any issues. It was more like for us wanting to grow, wanting okay. to have something that we can have across Texas. Vietnam Poblano was not the name that we yeah. would gotcha. kind of continue on. And if so. I read correctly, the rooster was a symbol that you guys picked. Right. Because, yes. And then, but Star was a sort of an ode to Texas. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we're here. So the rooster is very symbolic in France, and a lot of people do connect like French and Vietnamese only because when the French immigrated or um, over to Vietnam, and we kind of adapted all this pate, garlic mm-hmm. aioli, and we kind of made it our own, adding garlic or whatever it is. And for us, we use more soy sauce and all that. And so. Um, since the rooster is symbolic in France, mm-hmm. and we're in the Lone Star state of Texas, that's how we got rooster. I love it. Love it. Love yeah. how that came together. Yeah, yeah. and if, if you really take a look at our, our current logo now, which was changed after 2016 when we changed the brand, it's a flame, and the idea of it is like we're the flame keepers. We keep that fire going. Okay. And that's sort of, you know, been... Like we say, the rooster DNA, it keeps us going. So when you look at the logo, you kind of resonate in that sense like man they they where we we work hard we would try to maintain a good product and just damn good food and yeah. good service really <laughs> um and uh, we just kind of keep that going well you guys must yeah. be doing a pretty good job with making damn good food <laughs> and the write-ups and and business is not short for you guys you got two locations now we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors when we come back we're going to talk about some of the challenges and maybe a second location uh, some of the successes that you guys had and then maybe what's what's on the future as well Absolutely. All right, so stick around. We'll be right back with uh, Ronnie and Linda Wynn from Roostar. Hang out. The Cost of Goods Told podcast is made possible by the following sponsors. Chriswell Culinary aims to create a new standard of unique, affordable hot sauces that satisfies the more developed cravings of today. Bernie Brand Texas-style hot sauce is a boldly layered sauce with density and personality to proudly represent Texas. Go to BernieBrand.com to find a retailer near you. 
That's Bernie, B-O-E-R-N-E, brand.com. Zero Point Organics grows and supplies microgreens for over 30 major restaurants in the Houston area. Consistently perfect quality in flavor and appearance, their microgreens will be the best you or your customers have ever had every single time. Go to zero, Z-E-R-O, dash pointorganics.com. Duke's Premium Meats Home Delivery is committed to providing you with the best quality meat delivered right to your door. Offering certified Angus beef, grass-fed beef, Wagyu, and many more premium options, nobody beats Duke's Meats. Make sure to check out all that Duke has to offer at dukespremiummeats.com. He's sick. <laughs> you need He's the sick. steps. No. He has a I'm not as old as I look, but you're younger. <laughs> <laughs> you were huffing and puffing up them stairs, man. You need, you need oh, some that steps. Was week. That was last week. Good. This week, yeah, you took the elevator this week. <laughs> <laughs> Give all my secrets. <laughs> all right, here we go. I'm keeping that in. Welcome back to the part two of the po- Cost of Goods Told podcast. Uh, my freaking day call has hit me hard, so I apologize if uh, my head's not in the game. I'm trying to get it back Con- in. So. Connor, the, <laughs> Connor, the white Barry White's talking, and the, old, and the old man from under the sea is here as well. So, yeah, but welcome back. Uh, Cost of Goods Told podcast. We're here with uh, Roostar, Ronnie, and Linda Wynn. Thank you guys for hanging out. Yes, Thank sir. you for having us. I know in part one, we kind of jumped around quite a bit, which is perfectly fine. It's absolutely awesome. That's I, what we do. That's what we do. We just end up doing it. I can't keep it a, a, a sentence straight right now, so that's all right. Um, if y'all don't mind kind of talking us through the first three years or kind of that, that opening, you know, opening up of, of shop number one, and then we'll obviously move on to shop number two. But, you know, what, were, what was like day one or leading up to day one? What was that like? What's going through your heads? You know, how are you getting prepared for it? What are you doing? Uh, okay, so the, we sort of, um, we, we signed the lease, and we don't have any recipe to anything. We don't have the menu. <laughs> wow. So we just went to Barnes & Noble, stayed there all day. Uh, we were menu collectors okay. prior to opening. Everywhere we go, we always take the menu with us. So we're very obsessive with creating a concept. And then YouTube and documentaries, like whatever we can to come up with a recipe for the menu that we envision for the concept. Uh, so that's how it all came about. And we didn't have uniform. We were making tables off of scraps that we found in the backyard. We didn't have a schedule. We just we really, it's just a really true startup um, phase that we, 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 were get, we were getting into. But we, we, I guess the more, like one of my mentor always tells me, the more you spend thinking about the deal, the more time that it's not going to get done. Sure. So we just kind of dive into it. And I think sometimes um, you just got to jump off the cliff to build a parachute on the way down. And yeah. that's what we did. <laughs> yeah. and we, so we learned as we go. We didn't understand mm-hmm. the concept of cleaning as you go. So there is, I mean, we were at our thinnest. We barely mm-hmm. ate. We would leave three, four in the morning only because, you know, the dishes will pile through. And it just, we yeah. just kind of learn as we go, really. Um, wow. We would have to drive to get our inventory, whatever we could afford. Mm-hmm. And we had a lot of food waste because you don't know what your gauge is or how many people are going to walk through those doors. Yeah. The rejections are not there, right? Yeah, they're <laughs> not there. They're kind of like, wait, so what did they teach us in school? Um, the main thing we got out of it was, like, just make sure we have our rainy day funds, which we didn't have either. So for us, it was more like, okay, let's do it. Now we're open. How are we going to keep it afloat? Um, mm-hmm. We had a lot of family help, so it wasn't like we had 
tons of employees we had to hire mm-hmm. in the beginning. So we, you know, Ronnie was in the back grilling all that. I was on the cashier. And back in the day, we had the old school. We couldn't afford a point of sale, so we did the old school register. We got I don't know used or Costco or Sam's or something, and we had the little paper pad and you write it down and. That ticket passed down to, you know, I would do this and run back and help this. And it was sort of just very, very Very typical. Yeah, old school. (laughs) Um, What you see on, like, old school TVs. But um, (laughs) I would say the challenges was just, you know, I guess one thing is if you do open up a restaurant, you have to be a little bit more organized in terms of don't be in denial. Know what reality is. It's not pretty. Um, you can kiss your, you know, party life, whatever, <laughs> goodbye. You know, your friends and family who do understand it will still be there. The, your tr- your friends that don't understand it won't be there ever. And right. it's sort of like, you know, don't be so inclined to please others. You kind of have to take that selfish approach. Be the bad guy. You know, miss birthdays, miss weddings. And, you know, people would judge you, but it's sort of like, dude, you're not the one grinding here, making sure you can pay rent, making sure you can pay the X amount of employees that you can afford at that time. It's sort of like, this is all we got, whether you can understand or not, we don't have to prove it to you. You know, so it was kind of like that. And we had a lot of people kind of judge us through, through the years. And it's just sort of, you lose friendships, but you gain more. And the, the one key thing I think kept us afloat was the community in Spring Branch. So shout out to everyone in Spring Branch. Um, (laughs) I mean, we've had people come in, you know, walking distance to our store and kind of just, hey, so you guys are new, you know, tell us about yourself. And it started as just relationship. And we were giving away a lot of food at that time. Mm -hmm. And I think one key thing that kind of gets your name out there is we made a lot of sample items, obviously, because at the end of the day, you're going to throw it away anyways, right? (laughs) So we just... Ronnie, I made the food. Ronnie drives it around, drops it at this car dealership, this (laughs) fellow restaurant, this grocery store. And we're just like, hey, we're down the street. If you're hungry, come by. And it sort of just just, started there. We go door to door, drop off free food. Yeah. So that's old school, too. Just like you're taking orders on a pad and you you get an old school register because you can't afford a POS, right? Right, right. That's old school knocking on doors, building business. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. you know how people back in the day, they would give you those flyers in your, your, or they'll put it on your windshield. And so we took that concept and like, why don't we just go? drop it off this food is going to be trashed anyways i'd like to come to my car and there'd be a bun me just yeah. in my watch i know just like first time i ever kept that yeah that's right sure. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome now if you don't mind talking about what's going on between the two of y'all because this is a this is you know sometimes people want to have that separation of church and state you know between work and home you know but y'all are grinding it out seeing each other all the time when i was in the restaurant industry i said you know i think that's what kept my relationship alive was my wife didn't have to see me all the time you know now that i'm kind of out of it or that that daily grind of it it's like oh I think I'm tired of you, Connor, you know? Like, you yeah, know I mean, so. <laughs> so to answer that question, a lot of people that don't know us will think we're brothers and sisters. Um, but when they really do, and I'm like, oh, no, that's my husband or my boyfriend at that time. And I think the benefit we had was the fact that Ronnie got me my first restaurant job. And we did already work together prior to being a couple. So that partnership was kind of there. And it kind of transitioned into, I mean, if you, if you look at us and how Ronnie's like the good cop, I'm like the bad cop. Um, for me, it just kind of, I had to learn a lot. Ronnie's a very patient man, and he teaches me tons of 
good and bad things and <laughs> you kind of just create your own I guess destiny in terms of who you are as a business owner who you are as a worker and I think for our relationship we kind of hear each other out all the time and we, you know a lot of people one thing is like they you know you never want to hear what you don't want to hear right you only want to hear what right and he's like I'm not going to just tell you just to make you feel better I'm going to tell you the truth you know, and I'm just like, it's kind of been our dynamics of our relationship. You know, he's not he's he's not that type that's gonna sweeten you up, butter you up, or say things that aren't true. He's very straightforward. Well, and it's and this we we're okay. We 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 have a business. We we're committed to our business, and part of building a successful restaurant is being hands on, right. and just kind of being there throughout the week and keeping and eyes out on things and it's a, it's a challenge to kind of having to reinforce the vision and reinforce um i guess the the day-to-day responsibilities and commitment that we have but uh that's an area that i i guess i already sort of commit myself to yeah. mm-hmm. it's like it's a priority and i told linda this who it's like the restaurant and and it's, it's doesn't mean it's not right for everybody and it may not be right now but it's just with a restaurant, it's it's kind of a priority, and it's especially in our earlier earlier ages, like you know, we have to give it everything we got. Right. Yeah. So that's how you know if you're not willing to risk um, your relationships or whatever it is you have for your ideas or your passion, then it is very uh, unlikely that it's going to materialize. Yeah. You know, so and I would say that's, that, that's the challenging thing, you know. It's only my opinion, yeah. but and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the fact that you guys were first roommates and you, you had no skin in the game with each other, right, but you both saw each other struggle and you both saw each other fight, it gives you a different perspective and a different common denominator besides we're just husband and wife or besides we just have a restaurant. You've seen each other at the core. Oh yeah, does that help? That help your relationship as well. One thing is, you should never forget where you come from. And I think for us, when we barely had enough money to buy groceries together, where it's like we barely had money to pay rent. I mean, we we think of things that we have now. Mm -hmm. And when I do these little complaints about this thing, I he's always like, "Wait, don't forget, appreciate, (laughs) don't forget where we came from." And I'm like, "You're right," you know. And now we everything that we learned, we kind of just. It's our mission, I guess, or our, our happiness to kind of spread that with the yeah. current young people that we're employing or people that we meet and just kind of be more humble and appreciative of other people struggling. And for us, we're just trying to survive. Sure. So it's that same mentality our, our parents had when they immigrated here, and we got to maintain that. Otherwise, you get lost in all this fame, this glory, and then you become this person that, you know, everything's going to fall under. Sure. Speaking of fame and glory, which comes very surface level, like on social media, right? Because people post pictures all the time, which, which say look real, but you know, there's so much more behind the story. Mm-hmm. When you, when we talk about your business, right? Either the first or second location, how important today is social media and the growth of your business day in and day out? How important is social media to you? It's very, very, very important. important. <laughs> With uh, all the competition that's in the market, there's no spare customers. It's very, very competitive. And mm-hmm. it's competitive at in all aspects. Uh, HR departments, uh, customers, mm. uh, price, uh, you name it. Real estate locations, you name it. It's very, very competitive. And I think, um, I think the key is to use social media as a, a utility to let people know who you are. 
uh, because I'm I'm a firm believer I'm a firm believer in uh, people will do business with you because of what you offer, but they'll stay in business with you because of who you are. I agree. So we agree. use social media as a way to not just entertain our guests, but to keep that sort of kind of treat it like a cocktail party. You know, yeah. have let them know what we're up to and. Because it's hard for y'all to yeah. break away and do yeah. too much. Like, right. it's not like you're going to see them at the bar. Like, oh, yeah, like, you know, yeah. it was great yeah. seeing you at the restaurant today. It's right. like, no, like, I had to, you had to get that message out. You had to make that second connection, that third connection exactly. through social media, but still express yourself, still bring them kind of into the conversation type of thing. Because right. Right. you just don't have any time allocated to, you know, different events or right. something. And you know, social media or podcasts in this case. You know, yeah, a lot of people we'll you don't yeah. get to connect with, they'll, they'll connect with you by revisiting your podcast yeah. and oh hey how's i wonder how's connor and darren's doing <laughs> yeah. and they'll We're find you through now, here. they'll find us. you through your great. content <laughs> they'll find you through your content so do you manage because social media is so important right and do you think that takes 10 percent of your day 20 percent of your day in the oh big scheme gosh, of things ronnie is yeah. his 50%? social media game is strong he so is, you're yeah. doing social media you he don't is. hire someone to do no. that and you don't know here, here's what i here's what i really love about that statement as a as a 25 year food veteran on all sides of the coin, I really despise fake foodies. Oh yeah. And I use fake foodies <laughs> in the sense of they're stacking up five bon mis yeah. and taking a picture uh, and yes. trying to grow their followers, but they give they don't give two shits about Roostar, if that makes sense. Right. Do you, I'm glad you handle <laughs> your own social media because that's so important because no one else cares about your business like you do, right? Now. It, how do you make time? I don't know, because old school restaurants have a difficult time breaking away from the cycle of, I need to go order this, I need to manage my employees, I need to wash dishes because so-and-so called in sick. I think it's amazing that when you embrace social media, you also treat it like that entity that's the yes. most important part of your business or, or behind your employees or behind the freshest bread you can get from Slodo. Yeah. Shout out Slodo and Heath. You yeah. know. <laughs> um, or selfie with the customers. Yeah, so selfie yeah. With what we vendors. found in terms of social yeah. media, the content is very important. Mm-hmm. And everyone's content is going to be very different. You know, Ronnie, he's like kind of become this like motivational type speaker. People kind of want to hear the day-to-day, the truth about things. So he has that. He's the one that started Boss Lady Roostar. And people, <laughs> we found that people love to know what I'm doing. And, mm. um, and and I love to let them kind of know what I'm doing as well. And it's nice <laughs> yeah. because, You're yeah, sometimes, you know, they'll come in and they'll be like, hey, you were here. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, why, how did you know? And they'll be like, oh, I saw a post that you just traveled here or there. So, again, back to the transparency, we're like an open book, yeah. you know. And same with our food. The reason why both concepts are open kitchen is we want to see, we want y'all to see what we do and we have nothing to hide, yeah. Yeah. you know. And I feel like most concepts nowadays, they just are so reserved or secretive. And sometimes you won't get that. Yeah, most yeah. brands are doing. Like you see Tillman Fatita, he's been out there a lot with his oh, book yeah. and all over social media and all over these uh, YouTube podcasts because yep. it's like people want to do business with something that they can touch and feel. Right. And sometimes the ambassador or the, the, the person behind the brand, it's, it's what's going to resonate. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. And that's what we were talking about, creating a connection between Roostar and your customer or prospective customer. Yeah. And you just said it is very eloquent much more eloquently than I could have, which is people keep keep coming back because of you, right? Oh, yes, yes. And so we, we think that's important as well. And, yeah, I think it's a new era to just, like, paying attention, like, with social media, like, Instagram, Snapchat, live stream, story mode, YouTube, and 
I don't know, Donald Trump. You know, it's just everything is becoming more exposed, yeah. more transparent, more open, more out like, there. There's nothing you can hide. Yeah. Right. And there's times yeah. when maybe our patrons post something. It's new year and And yeah. I'll look at it and I'm like, oh my gosh, they burnt your tofu. Like, that's not okay. And yeah. I'll quickly, hey, I'm so sorry. And they're yeah. like, oh, I didn't even notice. Or they'll post something and I notice cilantro is not as vibrant and green. I call up on the store. Hey, guys, someone just did this post. Mm-hmm. It's They just did a story. Yeah. We need to fix this. So it could be that. Or it could be, you know, and it, it's sort of like your extra eyes of ears when you're not there mm-hmm. yes. and you can kind of be in control and keep up with all that. So that's a, another way to use social media as a platform as well that a yeah. lot of people the, don't think the guys, about. guys, I think the best in town right now would be the guys from Blood, Blood Brothers Barbecue. Sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. They're, they're just doing it right. They shout use it right. <laughs> Robbie, <laughs> Robbie Kui and Terry Terry, yeah. we love you hey guys. guys. Shout out to them. <laughs> they were on the podcast uh, early, early on. Yeah. Right, and we right. loved it. All we, all we had to do was bring them soju. <laughs> we, we love that podcast we had a really good time yeah. that podcast gets progressively better the, the, the more you see the soju like <laughs> decreasing oh, yeah, in volume sure. yeah. you know for sure so okay so y'all y'all get through part one you know or, or, or store opening number one what is making y'all think all right <laughs> let's do this again, you know, let's, let's, let's expand. What's, what's pushing y'all in that direction to, to shop number two? Our, our, t- our team. Okay. I think a, a lot of people are, um, are, we have a lot of our team members that are still with us. And I think when you, I, we always have this idea of this concept of growing. If you grow the pie, then everybody gets a bigger slices. Okay. Because if you have yeah. one pie, there's not much to go around. So right. I think that's, that's the drive. Okay. Is to, to kind of uh, keep our staff engaged to retain talents. And um, that's also one of the reasons why, from what we've gathered, a lot of the reason why a lot of the local uh, restauranteurs that we know of are, aren't able to scale mm-hmm. is because it's just like turnover is just so high and they're, they're unable to retain talents and so on. So we knew by growing the business, it would make the Roostar more sustainable. Because yeah. at what yeah. year did y'all open up so number two? So it took us four years until we opened up our second location. Pretty quick. Okay. Almost four yeah. years, right? Yeah, four yeah. to five years. Yeah. That's pretty darn quick. But yeah. also kind of like what you're talking about, if a restaurant has, let's say, a front-of-the-house manager and he's looking for a GM position, well, yeah. if you're not growing, he you can't grow with y'all. Right. You know? exactly. And so then exactly. you open up the second location, empower that individual, give him more responsibility, right. and actually have the opportunities. That's smart. That's the only way to kind of keep them. It's very difficult to do that. Right. Yes. Because so, what we asked ourselves was like, is our team ready? It wasn't sure. like... Yeah. You know, they're the ones that seven days a week are there and making sure the store is open, the store is closed. So, and we're just there to like be their servant leader, you know, whatever they need, what's broken yeah, down. We, we work for y'all. Yeah. yeah. We don't, you don't work for us. Yeah. yeah. Sure. yeah. I, we're here to serve you, whatever you need. So it was sort of like, is our team ready? And, um, yeah. you know, our team was, and yeah. we decided we, we had some help on that location. It just came up and we decided to open that one. And, <laughs> Opening it was kind of hard, remember? Mm-hmm. Right when we opened it. <laughs> right when you, and then people have to understand, you know, people are going to come and go. They're not going to stay with you forever. So one key thing we learn is you always have to cross-train people. Yeah. And you yourself, even whether you're a manager or an owner, you have to know to jump in should you need to jump in. Sure. And our most challenging thing opening up the second location was one of our main guys just kind of left 
and it was like, oh, well, here we go. Let's, I mean, we got to learn somehow, right? That's so, drawing board. Yeah, yeah so um, we went back to kind of, we're going to have to do this. And now that we have two locations, there's only two of us. Ronnie, I opened up the second location, and I was like, one day, Ronnie, you're going to have to teach me how to do fried rice, teach me how to grill, teach me how to do this. And then, yeah, we just kind of started. We basically went through the whole experience of opening up a brand new restaurant. Sure. Right. That's right. how it is when you open up another. So much fun. I think looking back is those <laughs> those days that we struggled and all the challenges are there are, are the most fun we had. We just had like a yeah. huge refresher four years yeah, later. So like, much fun. Wow, yeah. this is how it was back then. I miss then. it, yeah. Yeah, really it, was, it was part of like, man, you, we're feeling how we felt, you know, when he, I was 24, he was 26. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so what were some of those major obstacles between store one and store two? Because, you, because Ronnie said, yeah, that was fun. And you're like, yeah, it was like a refresher. I'm like, I don't get it. So, it, so, so it I would say it? It, it was smooth, yes, because I was there and I made sure I don't care if there's people here, this food's going to come out. Like, it's going to happen. I got you. And that was sort of like what we, Ronnie and I, are able to do. We're able to kind of show our team, you know what? They, this person left. It's all good. We're all, all going to push a little you harder. Stepped in. Sure. We stepped. So we we will we will never ask our team to do anything if we ourselves sure. don't do it. So it wasn't like they were grinding on their own. We yep. were there day in day out, pumping them up. Yeah, and we we had to adjust. We our hours were different at that time. We opened instead. I mean, now we're open eleven to ten, but back in the day, we. The Gessner, the Spring Manage location was open seven days a week, but the Richmond one we did Monday through Saturday, 11 to 5. Okay. So we just focused there, and our main thing was, and we didn't even grand open. We did none of that. <laughs> People don't realize. We did no grand open because it's like you have to sacrifice something because I'd rather not, like, throw it out there that, hey, we're here, and not be able to execute when right. the demand is high. So for us, it's quality, and just you have to know yourself. And yeah. sometimes – that part is just accepting the feed and like let's back up a little bit yeah. and let's clean this up. This happened, but we got this, and it was sort of more like that. Just okay. focusing on the new people that we hired and just giving them that one-on-one training. So it took us about six months to kind of get to that point. And once time progressed, we we opened a little later at seven, eight, and then yeah. eventually we opened on Sunday. But it was kind of that beginning of just. You know, it happened. We're just going to adjust things a little bit. We're not going to do a grand opening. Let's just backtrack. Right. And that was, I guess, the part where we felt like, wow, this is how we used to be. And <laughs> it's just a part of the game. You just got to, nothing's going to run smoothly. Because it was such a different part of town, right? Yes. Yes. Did you use Gessner projections on sales from four years earlier to help you with the Richmond store? Or did you just go, hey, it's going to be blind. We don't know what the projections are. We're going to bring in, you know. 100, 100 rolls, we're going to bring in this. I mean, how'd you do that? How do you know what to do from the beginning? How do you know how much surplus to have? How do you know how much, you know? The projection? So, yeah. yeah, so okay. for, for the Richmond location, we serve beer there. So we knew that we were going to get, obviously, a different crowd. <laughs> yeah. um, where I used to work, I have experience working in River Oaks for a few years, so I knew the clientele was more um, in terms of, more demand in a sense where you got to know whether they're allergic to something you have to know what you're serving or so I was always front and center to prepare myself for the type of clientele and I just kind of trained our employees like hey you're going to have guests that's going to ask you what ingredients or they may be allergic to this but because back when we opened in 2013 gluten allergy all this yeah. wasn't big <laughs> right, right, right. you know but at, yeah as time progressed I mean you have to know like people are, are allergic to this and one of the key ingredients in soy sauce is wheat and people who learn gluten free can't really eat our food yeah. so it's sort of like that and um so to kind of project we kind of just 
started little and work our way up. Like I said, same thing, back to square one. Food waste, all that. You grill, grill a little bit, get the feel of it. The thing about our food is, like, there's a lot of labor that goes into it. So it's not like we're standing there grilling from 8 o'clock and it just lasts through the day. We put a batch on and then we see how it is. And then we kind of cook as we go and fried rice. You make it instead of a big pot, you make a small wok. So it's sort of like you adjust and kind of fill it out. Even now when the weather's bad or it's too cold today or, hey, there's a game or we might be busy and we just kind of adjust. I got you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so with the projection too, we get the some within a mile, two miles radius, we get, we're trying to, we have a we have a, somebody that can get it, pull us the database for what all the business within a two mile, three mile radius are doing Listen. as far as like just comparing Apple to Apple, quick service concept. Yep. or So there's numbers that you can put together. And within that sh- same shopping center, we kind of, I guess, scope out the, the traffic and know our average ticket. And, you know, it's very, I guess, typical and, um, equation to get the projection. Benchmarking to kind of see. Right. And, yeah, from historic stuff, some histories always helps from sure. the, the first location. Well, it gives you a better educated guess, right? Yeah. Right. Pulling those right. numbers kind of helps you, give you some guidelines on that. So Yes, yes. <clears throat> so can you all walk me through what is now kind of like, not necessarily a typical day, but like an ideal day for what what it looks like now that you have two stores in comparison to when it was just one store? What are you both doing? You wake up and what's the first thing y'all are doing? Well, we <laughs> make sure we kind of figure out what day it is, make sure that everybody kind of showed up. We pop in. We're just there just to see what they need. Like we, we taste everything even till this day. Um, we do a lot of some surprise visits at night just because hey you know just kind of see how things are but our main thing is just giving that support when our team sees us they feel very secure and that's what I think you know they always tell me even people that we hire new and they they always tell us the one key thing that they didn't like they never saw the owners yeah and we're there every day Um, whether we might not be working in it we're working on the business and so it's just for them to know our presence there makes them feel secure. The, the credit card machine's down like, oh, can you help us fix this? So for us, they, they like that. And for a good ideal day is just to make sure our team has everything they need. Yeah. Um, nothing breaks down. If, they're, if something's out, maybe we'll run to go get it really quick. Sure. And, and that's what they like. And I feel like an ideal day is just a smooth day. Everyone's positive energy um, and customers are happy. Tables are pre-bus, service is excellent, food's coming out hot and fresh, everything's tasting good. It's sort of, that's a good day for us. Sounds like you've, mm-hmm. you've enabled your employees, yeah. you've empowered them to make decisions. Yes. yes. And when they need you, they, they have a direct line. They got yes. the bat line directly yes. to you guys. It yes. says, this broke down. And so down. do our customers, too. Yeah. I need that number. <laughs> <laughs> if food's not right, if service's not right, they'll tell us, hey, You're Linda. Right. You know, I know you don't like this, but, you know, and, I, and we're very open. Like, that's, that's what I love about, you know, social media or just every platform there is out there because people do take advantage of it, and we're very open because even when we travel, people give us a heads up or they'll tag us on a Facebook post. Hey, guys, enjoy your trip. You know, yeah. everything's going smooth here, and they'll take pictures for us. That's Let great. us know, and that's why mm-hmm. the community is just like a family. We yeah. love that. Yeah. That's cool. Do you think that the – the design of the restaurant, not necessarily super quick service, but has allowed y'all to kind of have that because there's a lot of operators that we talk to who are, I mean, if we talk to the pit masters, they are still cutting the meat. They are touching every piece of meat. They have to be at their operation. And I've told them, I'm like, I don't know how the hell that's sustainable, you know, like to, to one, to grow or to two, just survive as a human being. If you're, you know, just in that all the time, 
is it a byproduct or is it something that y'all went into consciously thinking like, hey, look, you know, for us to be successful, for us to expand, we have to design a concept that is going to allow us to be the support, not the day-to-day. Not the day-to-day. Or is that just something that just kind of came about, like, as y'all grew? Yeah, we always wanted to make a decision. When we bring in a new process or a procedures or a policy at the business, we always want to make sure that it makes sense for 100 location, hypothetically. Mm-hmm. And if it makes sense for 100 location, then obviously it's going to make sense for one location or two location. Mm-hmm. And that's why we bought on Slodo and we have the apps and all these. Um, you know, we pretty much can operate a Roostar remotely right. and everything at the operation level it's on the iPad uh-huh. as far as like you know all the day to day stuff yeah. so we, we made it to in order to scale mm-hmm. because I think I think it's a personal thing too I think growing up my my parents divorced when I was really um, I didn't my parents divorced when I was really young so I wanted to make sure that uh, I'm not a hundred I'm not always at the business right. that I have time for you know, for for the family and for for yeah. I don't know for yoga or or whatever it is, work life balance and all that. So I we've always wanted to build the business to where it's like we're we're not there to serve the business, but the business is there to serve us, if you will. I understand. Yeah, yeah it makes so sense. it can be, we can work on the outside of the business and then continue to grow it from an outside sure. uh, perspective as opposed to an inside op- operation side. Uh, a blend of both. I, I think sure. we have like a 20-80 rule, like 20 on the operation side, 80 on the outside. It depends on where we are. I think in our 20s or 30s, it's always good to be a little bit more hands-on. Yeah. Once you get 40s or 50s, then maybe you shift gear a little bit. Of course, right? of course. You let the young talent yeah. kind of put them in charge. I mean, that's you. why we have the yeah. turnover that we have in the restaurant industry is the old school mentality of you, you are going to die in your restaurant in the <laughs> yeah. kitchen, you know, yeah, type of, you know, yeah, yeah just, exactly. Yeah. You know, but I mean, we've seen that have the super yeah. negative effects on, you know, almost a generation of, of guys coming out of this industry, you know, and so I think y'all going into it with that is, is one, really, really smart, and two, to be able to provide a fantastic product that is easily you know acceptable no matter where where you are in houston dallas anywhere in the u.s and who you are um i think that's a wonderful i think it's a wonderful um business to to have you know and something that like you said is is super scalable um speaking of which what's what's kind of in the future what are y'all i mean do you have the standard operating procedures all together, and can we buy a franchise? You know? <laughs> so. Well, we're not going to franchise anytime soon, but we are um, currently expanding the guest dinner location. We're okay. going to make it more like a commissary kitchen. We'll bring beer in that area, too. We oh, won't nice. do the taps, but we'll do local beers and cans and bottles. But we're ready to kind of... Um, kind of make our guestner our baby give it some love what you say so yeah, we're excited for that the kinks. yeah we hope we can bring our spring rolls back because it's something that people love and right. hopefully we can have some new and upcoming good changes coming up soon what well, was the firstborn I mean, right? Don't you want to show the first born some oh, love? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now that that opportunity came up for us to acquire the spot next door, it was just, you know, back back then we had that opportunity, but we weren't ready. Sure. And But now the opportunity came up, and we're, we, we've accepted it. We're ready. We're going to get ready to expand and kind of see how that works. And once that gets set, we'll kind of see if we want to have a third location somewhere. But we're not going to franchise anytime soon. Gotcha, gotcha. Time soon. <laughs> Well, congratulations on that success. Thank you. Because um, I know you guys have been there for a while. And I know exactly where it is. So I'm excited to see that growth. You know, I think that's headed sort of in the, in the south direction. 
Right, if you're on Gessner, that's headed towards I-10, correct? Yes, if You're yes. facing the building? Yeah. So good for you. Good for you. Uh, yes, that's right. Wonderful. Well, yeah. we really appreciate y'all taking so much time uh, to talk with us and, and walk us through that, that incredible journey. Um, yeah, that was fun. Thanks for <laughs> having <good> us. Practice. <laughs> <laughs> Hope we offered some, enough good insight. Yeah. No, I, I think cool story. Wow. Is there um, any shout-outs you guys want to make? Any shout-outs to family, team members, people who have helped you along the way? I mean, obviously you guys are, are the crutch for each other, but along the way someone's giving you a hand or – or, or any ahas, ah like any ahas, like I told you we were going to make it. Oh, that kind. No, no, no. I mean good. I mean good. You can do, you can do a, you can do a, a, a you few shout out. We're down for guy. that. You're the good guy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so first we want to give a big shout out to our beautiful team. You guys know that we cannot do it without you. Thank you so much for your loyalty, your dedication. We are always here for you. Shout out to all of our partners, Labatt Foods, Slow Dough, um, Suns Club, ANF, Prevention Point of Sale. All of you guys have really trusted us and really given us an opportunity to kind of be where we are today, and we wouldn't have done it without you. Thank you so much, and I love you, babe. I love you, too. <laughs> For our listeners who may not know about y'all, where can they find y'all on Instagram, website, social media? Do you mind? Yes. And so and we, ha- we currently have two locations in Houston. We have one in Spring Branch it, by Memorial City Mom. We have another one in Richmond Uptown area. And you can find me at Boss Lady Roostar or Ronnie okay. at Roostar Ronnie. Of course, you can always follow Roostar Vietnamese Grill for updates, uh, new items, and just kind of what we do on a day-to-day basis. Wonderful. Well, again, thank you all so much for, for taking so us. much Thanks time. For having we really us. appreciate it. This was an awesome, awesome, another awesome podcast yeah. episode for sure. Shout out to Burning Brand, Zero Point Organics, and Buffalo Bayou Brewery. Yeah, absolutely. The Cost of Goods Told podcast is made possible by the following sponsors. Zero Point Organics grows and supplies microgreens for over 30 major restaurants in the Houston area. Consistently perfect quality in flavor and appearance, their microgreens will be the best you or your customers have ever had every single time. Go to zero, Z-E-R-O-pointorganics.com. Duke's Premium Meats Home Delivery is committed to providing you with the best quality meat delivered right to your door. Offering certified Angus beef, grass-fed beef, Wagyu, and many more premium options, nobody beats Duke's Meats. Make sure to check out all that Duke has to offer at dukespremiummeats.com. Chriswell Culinary aims to create a new standard of unique, affordable hot sauces that satisfies the more developed cravings of today. Bernie Brand Texas-style hot sauce is a boldly layered sauce with density and personality to proudly represent Texas. Go to berniebrand.com to find a retailer near you. That's Bernie. B-O-E-R-N-E brand.com.